Dear Heavenly Father, may the thoughts of our hearts, may the words of my mouth always be acceptable to you because of Jesus Christ, our Savior and our Lord. Amen. So, when you are tall, you get asked a lot of questions. For example, if you're in Kroger, in one of the aisles, uh, you will be approached by a short elderly woman and she will ask you to get that can of artichoke hearts down from the top shelf. Okay? And you're happy to do it, right? <clears throat> it's a gift. Uh, let's just be honest about it. But why would a total stranger ask me to get a can down off the top shelf? I don't know her, she doesn't know me. But why would she ask? Simply this, because she needs or wants something that is beyond her reach. Beyond her reach. Now my friends, you and I are in the same position as that short elderly woman. By the way, it's never uh, short elderly men who ask for help. I don't know why. Maybe there's not enough short elderly men to go around. I don't know. Or maybe they're just too prideful to ask for help. But it's always the woman. It's always the woman who asks for help. Anyway, be that as it may. Many things in life are beyond your reach and beyond mine. For example, I can't control the weather. I may not like it, but I can't change it. I can't change another person's heart. I cannot make someone believe in Jesus who really needs to believe in Jesus, but I can't make them do it. I cannot make two people remain together in marriage if they don't want to stay together. Can't do it. And I can't stop myself from sinning no matter how hard I try. The same is true for you. Many things in life are simply beyond your reach. But Scripture tells us that nothing is impossible with God. Therefore, we make requests to Him. We ask Him to reach into areas into which we have no access. Roman numeral one in your outline, prayer is always a declaration of dependence upon God. It's always that. Jesus prayed a lot. And let me ask you, what does that tell you about Jesus? He's depending on the Lord for everything. Now, I know he's God, but he's also a true man. And we believe during his earthly ministry, he was in this state of humiliation, which means he does not always or fully use his divine powers. Very often, he's simply on his own, completely dependent upon God the Father. When he was alone, he would pray. At his baptism, he prayed. Before he called his disciples into ministry, he prayed. At his transfiguration, he took Peter, James, and John up the mountain to pray. When he sent the 70 out on mission, he prayed. 
In the garden, before his arrest, he prayed. At the Last Supper, he prayed. From the cross, he prayed. You detect a pattern here. And in every prayer, he is telegraphing to everyone his complete and utter dependence upon God the Father. Verse 1 of our Gospel reading. Now, Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. Now, here's my question. Didn't the disciples know how to pray? Hadn't they learned? I'm the grown man. Well, they did know how to pray. The truth is, there were different forms of prayer. Roman numeral two, what are the three Jewish forms of prayer? A, berakah, a Hebrew word. The Greek word, eulageo. We get our word eulogy from that. We praise God. When we eulogize him, we praise him. And very often in scripture, God is praised for creation, for his work of creation. B, yada, our Greek word there is eucharisteo. We get our word eucharist from that. It means thanksgiving. We give thanks to God. We thank him. And very often in scripture, God is thanked for his work of redemption. We've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. We've been purchased from death and sin and hell by his blood. C, tephilah, the Greek word prosukomai, that's the word here in our gospel lesson, we petition God, that's what prosukomai means, it means to petition, to make requests of God. Now, the disciples here are not asking how to praise God or how to thank God. They know how to do that. They're asking how to petition God, how to make requests of him. Because we read that every rabbi had his own way of petitioning God in prayer. John the Baptist had his way of making petitions to God. And so the disciples are asking Jesus, uh, teacher, teach us your petitionary prayer. Teach us how you pray. What do you ask God for when you pray? And so basically, Jesus is saying, if you want to pray like me, pray in this way. First word, Father. Father denotes respect, intimacy, and kinship. It denotes genealogy. Now, Jesus is the unique Son of God, the only begotten Son of God, but we are sons of God through regeneration, through new birth. According to Scripture, we are reborn by water and spirit in holy baptism, with God as our Father and Jesus as our brother. And Father, that little word, is the most important word in the entire prayer because it summarizes everything that follows. If God is your Father, you aren't just anybody, you are His child. And if you who are parents know how to take care of your children, 
You better believe me, God knows how to take care of his. So there's five petitions here in Luke's gospel. Now, uh, there's actually seven in Matthew's gospel. Uh, and so people are kind of bothered by that. You shouldn't be bothered by that. Uh, when Jesus prays, sometimes he's going to vary up the prayer a little bit. Just like when you pray, you vary up the prayer. He's doing that here. Petition number one, hallowed be your name. Now, name equals reputation. And why should God care about his reputation among us? Because it's his reputation that creates faith in our hearts. We believe in him because of what he's done, because of his repute, his good name, his saving work. Petition number two, your kingdom come. Kingdom refers to his gracious reign in our hearts. Now his kingdom is not political. Thank God it's not political. If you follow politics these days, I hope you don't, it's just a big food fight. It's awful. Adults acting like children. No, that's an insult to children. But his kingdom is not of this world. It's not from below, it's from above. And he reigns in our hearts through the gospel, through his gracious words, through water, through bread and wine. Petition number three, give us each day our daily bread. Now daily bread, as Luther explains, refers to all that you need, everything you need to support this body and this life. It refers to food and clothing and shelter and health care, good government, police and fire protection, on and on it goes. And notice, he prays in this way, give us each day our daily bread, meaning don't give us, we're not asking for enough for today and tomorrow, we're asking for enough for today. And do that every day, because none of us are promised tomorrow. That's the reality. We only have today. Our focus should be here. God's children live by trust in our Father to provide for us one day at a time. That's Jesus. That's the way he lives. That's the way he teaches us to pray, one day at a time. Petition number four, forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us. Now, forgiveness refers to release. It's release. I have a nephew who was born with brain damage due to some, I don't know, malpractice when he was born. And the child's mother, my sister, and her husband could have sued the hospital. They could have gotten a big settlement but they would not think of that. They refused to sue, and they released the hospital from any obligation. Now, they're within their rights to do that, but they wouldn't do it. All of us are guilty of malpractice. All of us are guilty of, at times, neglecting our responsibilities. And God has every right to demand from us not only a pound of flesh, but our very lives. But God gives up that right to what is his. And he releases us from that awful condemnation. 
And just as God releases us from what we owe him, we as his children will naturally want to release others from what they owe us. Petition five, and lead us not into temptation. To tempt means to entice, to lure. As Luther explains, God does not tempt us, but we pray that God would keep us from those who would. That God would keep us from those who would tempt us. The best defense against sin is to avoid the temptation altogether. Therefore, we pray, keep us away from those who would tempt us. The temptation is stronger than you are. God, keep us from it. Roman numeral three. Two parables reveal the nature of your father. Number A, even if a reluctant neighbor responds to persistent pleading, that's the first parable, how much more willing is your father to respond? That's, that's the argument. That's the illustration here. If this so-and-so neighbor can do it, how much more can God? And letter B, if even sinful parents can give good gifts, and I think we can on occasion, <laughs> how much more can the Heavenly Father give all good things, even the Holy Spirit, you see? And if he gives even the Holy Spirit, then everything below that is yours as well. Letter C, the Father is more willing to listen than we are to pray. He's more willing to listen than you and I are to pray. And, and I don't mean that as a guilt trip. I'm not saying that as a word of law. I'm saying it as gospel. It's good news. You may be willing to pray, but how much more is God willing to hear? You may pray as frequently as Jesus. And your Father's willingness to listen goes beyond even that even beyond his willingness to pray. That's how fatherly he is. He is never too busy for you. Never. And our confidence, in the final analysis, our confidence rests not on our ability to pray, not on our ability to get all the words right and use the right technique like meditation. Our confidence rests on nothing other than God's promise to hear is promised to hear. Jesus prayed confidently because he trusted in God's promise to hear. Call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you will glorify me. The Lord is near to all who call upon him, to all who call upon him in truth. Call to me and I will answer you, says the Lord. And I will show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Believing these and many other promises emboldens us to speak up like Jesus to a Father who always has an ear for you. In Jesus' name, amen. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.